You are listening to the SE Rat Pack Podcast. This is episode, gosh, I don't know, 24, whatever, 25? Could be. Thereabout. Uh, we are uh, recording uh, here at the SE Global Headquarters uh, on an uh, advanced bushcraft weekend. And this is our Jungle Recap 2. Uh, we're just going to go around the table and let you guys introduce yourselves. I'll go first. I'm Ruben Bollier. Um Yeah, it was my, I don't know how many years in doing the trip and this was by far one of the most epic i'm matt um yeah this first time out of the country and was this your first time pl- flying it is yeah. it was yeah. yeah that was so i'm a brit this was my first time in the jungle uh, i've done parent child course a couple times which is awesome and then field survival as well um but first time in Peru, first time doing this trip. So. All right. Uh, Matt, you've done about every course we make. Matt's yeah. on our search and rescue team. So he's, he's a, a regular around here. Um, so in, in our first, in our, in our last jungle recap, we recapped a lot of the travel. We talked pretty extensively about the rigors of travel, um, that we did. So will it, if you haven't heard that episode, that was with Parker and Ruben and Patrick, Patrick I believe, right. and myself. Um, so we go into some of the timeline there. Uh, so we won't really talk about that as much this time around. I really want to talk to you guys about your, your actual experience. Uh, we will get into Brit. Brit had a, uh, an epic return trip. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about his travel, uh, experience, but just to kind of kick off, uh, I wanted to talk about expectations versus reality. Uh, if there were any things, uh, that stuck out to you in that, uh, far as individually i think i actually expected it to be a lot worse um for me anyways um just being there with a group of guys and everything, i mean it physically wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be really mm-hmm. yeah i thought um expectations it exceeded my expectations uh it was just i guess different than i thought it was going to be but in a good way i still you know, feel like we did a ton of the stuff that I was hoping to do, but just stuff thrown in that you don't know about, but ends up being some of the best part of the trip, you know, Matt, uh, man, you were just rock solid the whole time. I never seen it. It never seemed like you faltered or even had a low moment. Did you ever have a low moment? They would come and go. Um, the whole prickly heat deal that I had on my back, that was pretty miserable, but, um, it wasn't a consistent explain that a little bit to people. Uh, Hard like to explain. A, yeah, <laughs> like a thousand fire ants on your back uh, and electricity at yeah. the same time. The best way I so you had it first, yeah. and then I got it. And the best way I could describe it is if you take your tongue and stick it to a nine volt battery. That's what my entire lower back felt like. Yeah, and see, mine was the, my entire back, all the way from my shoulders all the way down. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, it was one of those things, if you stop to think about it, like it, it drove you crazy, but as long as you kept moving, it, it wasn't unbearable. I Mostly uh, what I found and how we both kind of arrived at a solution was we used a schmag. So basically, I think it just being wet and yep. laying down at night uh, on a on an actual uh, foam mattress. Yep. I, the foam mattress seemed to, or foam sleeping pad seemed to 
seemed to exacerbate the problem and putting a smag on our back. So we're laying on something in between seemed to alleviate it. It did yeah. for me. Uh, for me, that foam mattress uh, after the second night, it became a ground sheet to keep stuff on the mm. ground. Like I, I had to get it out of there. Cause I mean, really you would wake up the next morning and dump the sweat off of it. Oh, yeah. Like it, yeah. it was. And your skin can't breathe with that. Yeah. You know, it's just stuck right on it. But, but yeah, Brett saved me on that a lot because I'd have him scrub me every night. He'd scrub my back with a uh, defense wipes. Yeah. Man, those things are great. Uh, I'm going to say the first time I ever got that, it was excruciating. Yeah. It was like electricity on my back. And what really triggered it for me was, well, first of all, I was wet. In fact, it was one of those really wet trips. We went in the dry season. Mm-hmm. The month of October only has nine to 11 days of rain. Uh, the time I went, it was very rainy. So you just, you're never dry. And I just wore one shirt the entire time because I like to play the game. And <laughs> yeah, I don't like to carry a lot of stuff. You carry 10 shirts, you can have 10 wet shirts. So um, having one, um, being on your back all the time, like you said, your skin's not breathing. We're Clean is a relative term, even though it's raining all the time. You're not really taking a bath. When I would do something and my, I would say, you know, um, heart rate would increase, you know, the heat level would come up. That's when it would like zap me. Yeah. And this last time, although I didn't say it too much, I think I mentioned it to you, Matt, that after we had gotten to Tom Shiaku and got clean and changed clothes, that's when I started to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> not, not during the whole, uh, the whole week. And I thought it was from the permethrin the first time. Yeah. And it just, it wasn't. It, it's, it's, it's just there. And I continue to feel it. When we're getting on the boat the next day, leaving that morning when it was kind of hot and I started, started to kind of feel like, like a little bit of heat coming over me, it just zapped me on the way back on the boat here and there. For the next two or three days, when I was back hiking around the woods and doing just almost nothing, I you know, kind of laid low for a little bit. It would still just let me know, hey, it's there, just yeah. a little bit, and it lingered, but it wasn't full on like the first time. So mine was completely gone by the time I made it back on stateside. It never came back mm-hmm. to visit. No. I've only had something like that with deep, like a reaction to the deep. Like I can't use that anymore because yeah. it's that mm-hmm. same like <clears> thing, <throat> like a nine volt battery just tingling. You know, it's it's a hard feeling to describe, and and I really believe it has a lot to do with sleeping directly on that pad yeah. in the hammock and. Unable to breathe, unable to dry off. I, I don't know what it was, but man, it was yeah, it was a it, miserable experience. But if you took your shirt off at night and put a shamog right on your back, it was instant relief. Like That's it, a good yeah, to, yeah. to remember. Yeah. yeah. That was mm-hmm. a, an immediate fix for me. Yeah. Uh, so the shmag, again, becomes – we talked about that in the first go-around about being just a vital piece of gear for, oh, yeah. for everything. Um how did you expect the bugs to be, Matt, Britt? I was ex- so I had a lot of anxiety going into this whole trip period. I was bugging Reuben for weeks beforehand. You were uh, bugging me? Oh yeah, well, you were bugging Patrick. Yeah, I was bugging both of them. Um, I was expecting them to be a lot worse. Um, we had one campsite that was pretty bug Elena. Yeah, it was pretty uh, intense. But other than that, like I didn't get eat up with bugs that bad either. Um, the fire ants that fall from the sky, those were pretty rough. That was yeah, so yeah. that was parachuting fire ants in Bugdalena. From space. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. sucked. Um <laughs> and the and the thing that made 
I think uh, we named this camp. We 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 named our camps. We had Cramp Camp, which was in honor of Brit. We'll talk about that. Yeah. And then we had uh, <laughs> Bugdalena. Uh, we were heading towards the village of Magdalena, uh, but Bugdalena was. We stopped a little short, and it was just. Ruben says it was his favorite camp. It was my <laughs> least favorite camp by far, by a long, by a wide margin. I liked that camp. <laughs> it, it was definitely the most uncomfortable camp. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, I think bug expectations. Uh, I expected it to be a little worse as well, but you still got lit up. You still got bit by ants. You still got stung. It was just, I think Parker said it best in the first one. Like, you get stung here and it itches. You scratch it for days. There you get stung. You don't really notice it until later. Like, if you actually, you know, get a shower or something, that's when I was like, man, I got tore up. You know? Yeah. Yeah, my my worst episode for bugs was when my hammock fell the first night. Yeah. I had to get out that night. I had to get out during in the dark, and that I those that was one I took with me because I itched all week because mm-hmm. of that. I expected the bugs to be way worse, and I have sweet blood, and I, I get eaten alive here at the farm, and also even at home. I just walk outside, I get uh I get torn up. Uh, but it wasn't as bad as I thought, and it was way more manageable. So yeah. I, I'd kind of built this monster in my head yeah. that the bugs were just going to be super miserable. And as long as you got in your hammock um, or in your swamp bed with your bug net on before dark, yeah. uh, it was not bad. That's uh yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a different level. Once the sun goes down, you know, you hear them, you see them. Yeah. You, um, can, you can hear them coming. Like, yeah. <laughs> I had to get in like a zombie movie. I don't know if it was bug bites, but Percy said he thinks it was from one of the trees. When we were in that camp, my swamp bed, I had like two huge lumps right. on my neck and it looked like a, I like a, that. I was like, did a bat bite me or something? <laughs> and then on my hand was like completely swollen, like the hamburger helper hand. That's right. And Percy yeah. said, uh, maybe from, maybe from one of the trees. But, uh, you know, I got a couple Benadryl later that day and it went down, but you got a, you got a black palm within the first yeah. 20 minutes that of first, like that was day one striking out. Yep, that was... Uh, don't don't avoid the black palm, and 15 minutes later, Bridget's like, ah, I just got stung by a black, hit by a black palm. I think the medic had just just said, hey, y'all look out for that, and I stepped over a log, and or I stepped on it and then stepped over it, and I was like, man, and Parker was right with me, and uh, it's like, hey, I got a black palm in my calf, and I was like, what do I do? Leave it in. I said, all right, so we left it in, kept walking, uh, pulled itself out, which it thankfully it didn't break off, it just came straight out, but... Yeah, yeah. That's There's good. no joke. It did. Uh, it did kind of leave a bump there. Well, well. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't too bad though. Just the trip. I hadn't noticed it since I got back or anything. Yeah, you're right about the bump. It just gives you a little bit of a bump. Yep. I got a black palm, and we we're in uh, Bugdalena, just because yeah. I was kind of taking all the stick mud off my machete, and those black palms make a pretty good bristle. Yep. And just got a little too close and poked myself. Mm-hmm. Nothing came off, but it it hurt. And it had this weird, like, hard bump for mm-hmm. about two days, and then that was it. And it wasn't anything like what Jeff got when he got him stuck in him. No, yeah. Like, it went into the tendon cool. in his hand. It did some damage, I think. He, he had to have it surgically permanent. removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're lucky in that way. <laughs> uh, Ruben, I think we talked about the first time you did. Uh, you were the only person lucky enough to get stung by a bullet ant in Azula. Right. Yeah, and um, we're talking about fire ants, too, right? Now, this is just me, but I think if you take the initial pain of the azula versus the fire ant i think the feeling of the fire ant is worse but it doesn't last that long yeah and and when when you first get hit with it with a fire ant right would it last maybe if 
five, 10 minutes, you're still kind of feeling it, maybe if even that. But I just think it's a lot worse than the bullet ant. And you'd have to, I wish we had one here. Yeah. yeah. We do. Here we um, go shake your pack it's out just real the, quick. Might have one in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the bullet ant lasts so long. I think it's what makes it even worse. And, and they're so ugly and mean looking. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I thought for sure I was going to get lit up by one. I was like, all right, what's happening? And never did. I saw them and uh, that, never did. That first camp where at the tree that I think you were tied off to the field. Yeah, man, they were everywhere. At one point, when I went to just visit you guys there and Matt was across, there were two large ones on the tree. and You rarely see them that close oh together. we saw at that one camp and we stayed there two more. nights cramp camp there was be like five six seven all on right. one tr- like, and they're all i mean they're crawling around all around your stuff his was funny about us we knew that but then by day two everybody's walking around in crocs oh, yeah. and sitting on the ground yeah. and nobody cared yeah it, it it's it it was like an instant uh thing where you just kind of get used to it adapt to it i would just try to get when i would get out at night to pee I would put my Crocs on and just kind of do this weird, like shuffle dance, shuffle, <laughs> kind of keep moving, walking in place. I don't know if that would help, but I didn't get bit at night. That that'd have been the worst. <laughs> I used to make fun of Parker's uh, white faux Birkenstocks from Walmart until, you know, if you look at those pictures uh, on, on our Facebook uh, yeah, they're page, gray now. and, uh, <laughs> and you can see all the ants on those white mm-hmm. and they're like, and then my Crocs were black. And I was like, man, I'd give anything for a pair of colored Crocs just so I could tell, you know, get some <laughs> contrast on them. Um, so expectation versus reality on food. How did that, how did that, um, affect you? Lack of food, lack thereof. I think a lack thereof, uh, food, what never food didn't ever seem like an issue. Once you, uh, that's because you never stopped eating. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) No, uh, I I eat when I can, when the opportunity presents itself, but, um, no, you know, more so for me, uh, obviously heat and, uh, usually sleep over that, which I, you know, I felt fairly well rested the whole time. Um, but no, well, we're, I, we're in the rack for like 12 hours. Yeah, well, I know <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. But once I think once your stomach shrinks a little, you kind of adjust and then it's, right. you know, actually feel a little more energized. But what about you, Matt? The amount of food we got um, was pretty right on what I expected us to get, which was very little. I think we ate on day three a little small ration that should have been a meal for one man, but we made it a meal for nine. The noodles? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and pineapple. Yeah. Good. And then right. – we ate on the last day in the jungle, uh, but I really didn't get hungry. I mean, we had the opportunity to eat um, a little earlier, and we all kind of agreed that we didn't want to make a fire to, to cook that day. Like, yeah. That's uh, the last thing you want to be around. Yeah. 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 So we talked about it a little bit. Um, so for me, the lack of food wasn't a big deal, but man, by day three, I really began to feel the effects yeah. of the lack of food, lack of concentration. You know, you stand up and the world, you know, does a couple three sixties, mm-hmm. you get that head rush. Uh, the three foot, uh, world is I'm only dealing with three feet in my radius. And, uh, just that, that, uh, death March that we did on, uh, Wednesday for sure. Uh, oh yeah. Can I come back and say that there was a low, uh, cause <laughs> that, that was pretty rough Oh Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that was universal for most yeah. people. Wednesday yeah, was, seemed to be the day that was like you just had to get through it. And I can't remember who – somebody asked me on Wednesday, um, 
we'd made the wrong turn and going uphill in that clear cut and then had just literally gotten the news that we're going to have to go back down and back across the long way. Yeah, that was the worst part, too. It was and, hard news to break. And somebody <laughs> uh, somebody said, so what do you think about it? You think you'll come back? I was like, talk to me at the end of the week. It's yeah. still not. Jerry's out. Um, but, uh, yeah, the lack of food, I felt, um, I felt it. I really felt it. Uh, I felt that effect more than anything. I, I was able to get some sleep. You didn't sleep, you know, to be in the rack that long. You didn't get what I would call good quality sleep, but you just got it when you could. But the lack of food uh, in a heavy pack greatly contributed to me having uh, Wednesday and Thursday were days where I'm, you know, in the pain cave, just having to do the mental work of, of working through. Um Speaking of of expectation versus reality, let's talk a little bit about the environment, and that's going to lead us into why we called Cramp Camp Cramp Camp, and uh, your expectations versus reality on that. Start with Britt. Um, so one thing with that, I noticed, so we talked about cramping, full body cramps, felt like uh, somebody hit me with a jumper cable. Um. But what I noticed leading up to that was a pattern. So we're on the boat, uh, had the little Cayman meal. Yeah. John, it was John the Baptist, you know what it was called? Yep, yeah, John the Met. So wasn't drinking much water on the boat. I was like, man, I don't want to have to try and pee off the front of this the whole time. So I wasn't drinking much water. Uh, we stopped on the way in. Uh, Tom Shiaku. Tom Shiaku went and uh, used the bathroom there. Um, and then that <laughs> night, I didn't drink much water at the first place because I was like, well, I don't want to get up and pee. And I, so I started noticing those patterns um, early on. The environment I didn't think was or I didn't think it was going to be that much different than it is here. Like field survival, you know, I was like, well, I can keep pushing I can keep going. It'll be fine. But, yeah, that razor grass and then just not getting a break from it. I think like the fans were great, but not being able to just cool off in the AC to start catching up with you. Um, I noticed at the first spot we stopped to get water. Ruben said, looked like I was playing the piano and my hands started cramping. That should have been my, my first sign. But yeah, I just, I started thinking back on it. I started noticing a pattern and kind of what led up to it. And it's right. like, I should have seen the signs. But Imagine the hottest, most humid day in Alabama backpacking and about twice as bad at least. Um, I was the exact opposite. I was pounding water the entire time. Like I started the oral IV in Iquitos uh, the day before we went out to the jungle. I started trying to rehydrate um, or prehydrate maybe. Um, I didn't have bad cramps or anything. Um, I did the oral IVs once a day and a couple of uh, Brits bouillon cubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which are fantastic. Uh, my first cramp was in the Lima airport on the Saturday leaving. Yeah, yeah. I got my first cramp. Um, but yeah, it's just hot, humid. It didn't rain that much on us, but you still just stayed wet from sweat the entire time. Yeah. Well, I, I stopped at that first uh, that first watering hole and just took my shirt off and wring it out, and it was yeah. just you know gallons of sweat, but. <laughs> Yeah, we got to that first camp, and I kind of felt a little lightheaded, but everybody's like, you good? And I said, yeah, and I sat down, and I guess just that rest, I got up, and just, that's when it hit me. But, uh, yeah, fortunately, the last thing I put in my pack was a jar of Weiler's bouillon cubes, 
And uh, if you guys are listening, you're awesome. But it was is the best thing I put because I was just eating raw boy on cube just to get my sodium levels back up. Um, so, so let's back up here. What we're not talking about is we had not intended to camp there. We call it a yeah, camp yeah. now, but it yeah. Was, yeah. But uh, it was a waypoint. <laughs> we had taken a break and we had gotten through. We had just walked past a water source that was maybe. 10 minutes down the trail or down, not really a trail, but well, there was a trail once you got to it. Yeah. Parker and I left to go filter water and everybody was kind of relaxing and taking it easy. When we came back, it was like a triage place. I think Austin had projectile <laughs> vomited and Britt was laying on the ground having full body spasms. Which I didn't know Austin threw up until the next day. And I thought he was the one that picked me up, but apparently it was you. So thank you for that. You and Patrick. Yeah, me and Patrick picked you up and put you in bed. Um, but yeah, that sodium, getting that bouillon back in you was was key. That's probably why I wasn't hungry too. I uh, just eating bouillon cubes like Mentos the whole. He uh, smells like meat the whole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. beefy. Get behind him and get hungry. I was <laughs> contemplating making a stretcher to be able to carry him out on that. One. We were worried about that, right? Yeah. Well, and and we even like yeah. So by that point, we had lost one out of the group. Uh, early on, we we lost someone due to the heat. The thing I noticed about the heat was that it was unrelenting. Even in, in South Alabama, South Georgia, when the sun goes down, you do get a little break. Yeah, I'd spent one of the hottest nights I'd ever spent in a tent in Tifton, Georgia, which is way down South Georgia. That was nothing compared. Uh, I think I said in the first podcast, I would go to bed, peeing clear, take a liter of water, drink a liter of water, pee two or three times, wake up the next morning, and still be dehydrated. Yeah. And so... Just no relief. Yeah. On the boat, uh, we're all mesmerized uh, in the moment. We yep. forget to drink. We forget to that. I took uh, – Parker and I did a Scratch Labs uh, supplement, uh, and we did that at least once, if not twice a day. I didn't really have any serious cramps until we got to, I guess, Thursday at, at uh, Magdalena, sitting there in the in the ladies' Uh, yep. floor i went to get up and my hamstring cramped and and that was my first good one um but uh that's the part it's like i said I, it's like altitude you can't prepare for it until you go there yeah. you know but you can be proactive in making sure you're prehydrating and trying to stay on top of hydration you can be smart about it <laughs> yeah adding some uh adding some electrolytes to your diet when you're not getting the calories, you know, you're not getting electrolytes and just, I think even Ruben mentioned some, you know, drinking too much water and flushing mm-hmm. anything it's in your system out. Uh, so you got to have some type of supplement in there to, uh, to combat, uh, those issues. Yeah, definitely. Um, how do you think your scarf played in? Yeah. That? So <laughs> Ruben, which I should have thought about this, like, w- once again, going back to patterns, like I should have known, I had a, uh, just like a quick dry towel and I had it wrapped around my neck and was sweating in it and it was cool at the time. And, you know, after that first, uh, water spot where I was cramping, Ruben said, Hey, uh, why don't you take that off around your neck? You know, that's keeping the heat in. And I was like, man, I know this. Why didn't I think about that? So I took it off. Um, but that's I uh, saw you ring it out too. Yeah, oh man, it was you know <laughs> gallons of sweat. But yeah, Patrick had a um, had kind of a talk with me that night. That first night, got me in the bed and he's or in the rack. He said, uh, he said, man, I know you don't want to hear this, but you know we got to start thinking about you know maybe another plan if you're not going to be able to do it. And so I had to sit there and 
I said, you know, I'm not going to hold the group back. Um, but I really, really don't want to have to drop mm. out of this med drop, quit, whatever you want to call Cause it. Cause you were uh, on the bubble. I mean, oh, you- for sure. And that, that was probably the most exhausted I've ever been. Uh, and so it kind of, you know, it kind of shocked me and I said, well, look, I'm not going to hold everybody back, but let me see how I'm looking in the morning. And yeah. I got up and was kind of walking like Frankenstein, but you know, pretty much fully recovered. Uh, mm-hmm. and like Parker said, going hundred miles an hour, that, Probably the the best lesson, the thing I got from this trip the most is, you know, in a sense, that really was a survival scenario. So, like, for me, I was cramping, couldn't do anything all on my own, and so I had to <clears throat> lean on you guys. Um, but it's good. It got me to realize I do need to kind of slow down next time. And yeah, so so what Britt's not saying is he has no internal governor. Yeah, not and, at all. And so when we struck out of – uh Percy's Maloka, I think Britt was leading maybe, and he's like a human buzzsaw Austin, going through Parker the. And me. Yeah, yeah. So Britt, Britt, Britt has a hard time dialing it back, and <laughs> and so he's going through the jungle like a buzzsaw, and um, maybe not being quite as efficient uh, with energy as he could have been. Definitely not making a trail like a local. <laughs> no. so yeah, making a runway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's going through that thing like a buzzsaw, and the locals are just using the machete to move stuff out of the way, and Britt's going through there like he's clear cutting to uh, build a house. Um, and you stayed on front for a while too. Yeah, like you blazed that trail for a while. Uh, those of us in the back are we're grateful. Um, <laughs> but as far as being in an, you know, a true survival situation. We were all pulling for you because none of us wanted to carry you out. <laughs> no, and I, yeah, like I didn't want y'all to carry me out. I didn't want to. I was like, man, I, so I found out about this trip in 2012 and have wanted to do it ever since then. So I think I was the first one to sign up for it. When it came on the books last year, I signed up about, you know, a year ago to the day um, and just really. You signed up for it before you did field survival, didn't you? No, I'd, I'd done field survival in March, and then I signed up that next October, like October of 22. And you did field survival in the same class as Jackson Parker? Yep, yep. And Parker was on the uh, trip with us. Um, it was awesome. Those guys are, are great. Y'all have uh, y'all done a good job. So. No, I blame my wife. <laughs> she gets all the credit on yeah. that. Um, anything else about expectation versus reality? So, I, like I said, like, Thinking about it as a bad trip, um, it wasn't near as bad as I was because I had that that internal monologue saying this is going to be terrible. Um, now on an epic, fun like trip of a lifetime, it way exceeded my expectations. Like I, I really enjoyed this trip. Like it, it was a lot of fun. So you and Parker shared an experience in that it was Parker's first time on a plane too, and it's an international flight. Yeah. Um, on top of that, uh, let me ask you this. What did you, th- we got to see so much of Peruvian culture. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go, we'll go in order chronological, or I guess, what did you think of, um, I'll skip over Lima cause we just saw yeah. the airport, very modern, very clean airport. What'd you think about Iquitos? Like somebody kicked an anthill. I mean, there's just <laughs> so much stuff going on at one time and the, the tuk tucks, uh, most dangerous thing we did. They're weaving in and out of traffic, and you're you're two inches away from the tuck tuck beside you, and these guys never check up to go and like look at their rear tires or anything to see if they're going to clip Man. something. And you a tuck tuck is a motorized rickshaw. Yeah, just so people understand what we're talking about. Um, that that was a lot. Of, I mean, because 
You're putting your life on that guy's hands. I mean, that's I just I, no doubt that's yeah. I felt like that was the most dangerous thing we did. Um, what do you think about Aikido's, Britt? Uh, same thing. I mean, that was very well said. It's like somebody uh kicked an anthill. It, it was great. I'll say for from the whole trip, um, expectations. You know, if you just expect it's going to be different than I guess what you're expecting, and just have a good good attitude, open mind. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be great. It was, I thought, uh, the people there were great. Um, no issues didn't, you know, I think you said it last time, very low crime, um, felt safe the whole time, but definitely my least favorite of all the stops, but it was still, it, it was fun. You know, one night was enough there. Yeah. Aikidos is just kicking the anthills. Great. If you just imagine, I think any super busy, I'm not, a. I mean, none of us, I think are real city guys really uh but aikidos is is a it's a different kind of animal uh ruben your thoughts on aikidos that was probably my fourth or fifth time there and i always liked it i liked something about a certain amount of chaos in a way it has that in spades definitely um like matt was describing the driving and they're not really good at driving but they're (laughs) good at not hitting you yeah It's it's just a strange uh strange thing I like the busyness of it. I, I like marketplaces, and there's a lot of open marketplaces. And I just have gone to Peru on my own, not doing jungle trips because I like the culture, the food, the scenery, and um, so I've seen several places like Iquitos and obviously like Mexico and Philippines. So it it to me it, um, of that type of place. I would say it's one of the safer where the kind yeah. of crime they yeah. have, it's like very small, petty. Um, mostly it's just people trying to overprice you or, or maybe pickpockets or something, but you don't hear about a lot of um Violent crime. Right. And I asked Percy, like, and he'll tell me straight. And he said, hey, we don't really get like murders here. We don't really get like a lot of terrible, terrible things. Uh, people, you know, always, they're always friendly, um, willing to help. Uh, especially our guides, the people on oh, yeah. boat crew, those awesome. guys, I mean, oh, yeah. they they do anything for you. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I just like Iquitos. I stayed an extra it's day. Like a <laughs> third world New Orleans is what it reminded me of. That's great. <laughs> right, there you go. So let me ask you this. Did you look at Iquitos differently the first time versus the second time? Yes, 100%. Okay, how so? Uh, first time, uh, new thing, it was – not overwhelming the first time we went. It was close for me. It was a yeah, lot. It wasn't overwhelming. Um, coming back after being in the jungle, that's when it was kind of a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. Because we mm-hmm. went six days in the jungle where we, the nine people plus the two or three guys from the boat crew, were the only people that you saw for six days. Uh, and then all of a sudden now there's like a thousand people within two square blocks of you. Yeah. We kind of worked our way into it with Tom Shiaka. Yeah. And then – kind of get used to being around people and noise. And then you get back to Iquitos and it's just too fast and loud. Oh, yeah. was, oh in Atlanta. Think, like, getting to oh, Atlanta was right. way worse. Oh, the drive back home, man. <laughs> oh, so driving home, I, I just kind of feel like my uh, my default driving mode is aggression. Yeah. <laughs> and driving back, I think a, I think a, a scared uh, – I think I might have scared Patrick on the drive home a little bit. <laughs> but uh, But it was just like, God, get me out of here. Uh, so, so Ruben, I did look at it coming back. Uh, I looked at it as a food source coming back. So I was kind of happy. We had some really good food. We had some great food in a lot of different places. Uh, Um, 
but I was ready to pass through Iquitos and go ahead and, you know, I was ready to move on, uh, after we came back. But, uh, so Tom Shiaku is, is, I don't really, it's, it's a couple hours by boat, right? By slow boat, uh, from Iquitos up the Amazon. We stopped on the way up and we visited Tom Shiaku for maybe an hour. We just kind of blew in and blew out to grab some supplies. Uh, I thought this is kind of a cool place. By the time we got back, I was like, I love this place. Yeah. yeah. Same. I would Very spend cool a week. Place. Yeah. I'd spend a week at Tom Shiaku just on vacation. I mean, it was just a cool town to stay at. Yeah. A different experience than being in Iquitos. Oh, yeah. Vastly. We have way slower pace. People are, um, I was just blown away. The people weren't, you don't get the same kind of interaction action in Iquitos just because the pace. I think oh, yeah. it's so different. Uh, the people are different. Tom Shiaku, the little ladies uh, that that sold the sandwiches across. I mean, we got to people got I mean, in a very short time. People got to know. I mean, there's a bunch yeah. of gringos in town, so they know yeah. that you know build these money's money's to be made. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, uh, the little ladies that that were making these little sandwiches that we all, I mean, we just we probably made their year. We <laughs> ate so many. Um, they took vacation for a week after that. Yeah, the grumpy, uh, the grumpy baker yeah. uh, had the phenomenal yeah, bread, yeah. and then yeah, the uh, the uh, the little uh, restaurant where we uh, they basically shut the restaurant down so we could take over the restaurant and oh, fed right. us until very late at night. You know, yeah, I think Percy set that up. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he did. I think they just saw like oh, <laughs> the money cow has come in. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's like I, one I, of his recommended places. Yeah. That he, I told Ruben uh, at some point, so Aikidos on the way in and then back on the way out reminded me of the movie The Beach. You remember? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So he goes there, and then they go to the beach, and when he comes back to get supplies, he's just overstimulated, overwhelmed. That's kind of... Kind of what it reminded me of. Because you even... We texted a couple of days after, and you were telling me something about, why is everybody so angry or something like that? (laughs) Everybody just seems so angry now that we're home, you know? It it definitely is. If people listening have never done a trip like this, it doesn't have to be South America, a jungle, or a survival trip. You can just be going somewhere so different. You realize that there's a bit of that culture shock when you come back. Oh yeah, that. So my brother, he he goes to uh, you know to Africa a couple of times. Oh, sorry, uh, I would say once a year, and does these these trips where they're they're helping people and building stuff. And after about a week of that, it takes them. I can see it myself. It takes them about a week to get back to talking to people regularly. And it's, it's just a very different thing. And you have to experience it. Too. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you were also kind of, I mean, it, it, everybody was slowly getting used to. Oh yeah. Just it. The walk of life and everything is so much slower. And then like being unplugged from all technology and everything for a week. That was my favorite part. I didn't oh, have my phone with awesome. me. I left it at Percy's in a suitcase. I had it up. on airplane mode and used it as a camera. And right. my screen time averaged like eight minutes a day. And that was just for taking pictures. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, I, I just thought that was, uh, I could have spent a lot more time in Tom Shiaki. Oh yeah. And, uh, I don't know, you know, I've, I've, you know, Carrie's talked about, it. she's like, would I like it? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. It's a little gritty. It's, yeah. but that's the, but there's a charm to it though, there man. Absolutely. I, I just, and, and then the fact it's, that we it's were so isolated. Yeah. yeah. The fact, and us, uh, staying in what we call Killer Square, um, uh, <laughs> in our little, uh, we took over this little hostel 
And um, the worst and best hotel you've ever stayed in. You know, yeah, like yeah. The worst bites I got yeah. were the last night, were the night we spent. This, so I don't know if it was bed bugs or from what. the dog. There? <laughs> no, no, it was it was from whatever was in my bed. Um, but uh, the best shower, yeah. uh, you know, probably straight Amazon water, just cold, come yeah. cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That last morning, so we went to Tom Shiaku. We had you know a big night there. Uh, ate. Hung out, had a good time. Drank a little. A little bit, uh, from what I was told. Um, I got up the next morning uh, because I was itching so much because something was making a meal of me. Took a shower, and I was out walking the streets of Tom Shiaku alone by 5 a.m. with camera in hand, you know, morning light. Um, that was probably one of my favorite. I mean, the empty streets, everything's cool boarded up, you know. Yeah. Uh, seeing the first fishermen come off the Amazon with their, you know, their, uh, baskets of piranha or whatever else they call it that day that was going to the market that was the, you know, the wet market that's right there in Tom Shiaku, uh, which we did see some of that. Uh, Some of us have had to avoid some of it. (laughs) It's like I hit a wall of smell, uh, and I was like, I'm going to go this way. (laughs) Walking through the wet market was pretty cool. Yeah. I've never been anywhere like that either, so. So it's, it's it's a wet and dry market because yeah. there's dry goods and a lot of it's almost like a flea market type deal. And then you hit a line uh, that you notice by smell before you <laughs> notice by anything. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was a that was a neat experience. Anything else about Tom Shiaku you guys liked or or uh, kind of sticks out? I'll just throw something out that when we got back, you know, not the first time when we were just on our way, but when we did get back and everybody was you know, uh, changed and slowly getting their snacks. And we all went to the, uh, you know, like the little overlook where you're looking at the Amazon. That was the coolest time. Then they had some dancers down there. The kids. People were all around. I mean, they're just looking at you because you look like, we look like the circus in town. And um, that was a cool moment. I I feel like I didn't get enough pictures of that. I got a lot of pictures of of things around, but I didn't get enough pictures of that vanilla sky. I yeah, mean, literally right. looking like you got pink dolphins in right the water. Yep. You got the sun set out in front of you over the Amazon. All these bright colors in this town. Like, I, nothing's painted yeah. a dull. Like, everything's bright. Mm. Everything photographs well. Um, you got these kids that are probably, you know, elementary age kids that are doing this whole dance routine. The whole town's watching these people. Yeah. And we're there in that. Um, that was just a... And Ruben, so Ruben's a photographer just like I am. And there's sometimes where you want to take the camera out, and there's sometimes where you just want to leave the camera in and just like. That's why I didn't get so many pictures. That's me. It's like, I got to drink this in. I can't see it seeing this stuff through the lens. I didn't want to ruin the moment. It's just not the same. Yeah. It's just not the same. So we got some cool pictures, but uh, sometimes you just got to sit there and just soak it in. Often it's going to be better in your head the way you remember it than it ever you can was. never capture it exactly <laughs> yeah so that's one of the i don't know man that's one of the things about being a photographer and you try to capture that moment and there's sometimes you just got to put the camera down and just let it happen yeah yeah that, yeah. that was one of those nights yeah that was, was a good time. point good point uh i think who was it uh one of our guys certainly had eyes on uh, on the dance instructor there. She was a, <laughs> she was a looker. I think several were had eyes on her. Um, but uh, but Thank yeah, that was a neat experience. <laughs> yeah, uh, just that whole little uh, park there, just that whole little centralized yeah, square, the, the, the plaza. Yeah, um, that was cool. Um, 
Speaking of that, just, I mean, that night, I don't know, I'm going to ask you guys, uh, all three of you, what was your favorite food, Peruvian food that you had? Dish, you know, or snacks? I really enjoyed the the way they did chicken and fried rice. Yeah. Um, and then what was the meal that we had um, that last night? When we're all together. Did you have the same chicken stewed? I had the same no. thing that you had. Yeah. Ahi de gallina. Yeah. That's so, stewed chicken with uh, ahi sauce. Yeah. So, Ruben had talked about this for like 10 hours before we got in there. <laughs> and then when they put it, it down, it looked completely different than what I had envisioned. <laughs> and I was kind of turned off a little bit, but that was really good, too. Yeah. It's real hard to get. It's real hard to make because yeah. you can't get ahi peppers in the States yeah, that, that I know of. That was extremely good. I think they did uh, fried plantains really well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they do that. Right. Um, what was it? The conscious? Those like it's kind of like corn nuts, but just right. salted. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, 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 super good. Obviously, the chicken sandwiches. I was trying <laughs> to ask the lady. I said, "What? What are these called?" And she was like, "Chicken sandwich." Chicken. <laughs> shredded chicken. <laughs> it, it's like a kind of like a pimento cheese shredded chicken sandwich. Really but it had good. a little spice to it. Too. A little spice to it. Yeah. Uh, on a on a knockoff George Foreman grill, mm, and, exactly. uh, they were one sole, which was about twenty four cents. Twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wow. we were eating them at a house and home. Um, yeah, I, the uh, the chicken and rice um, with the egg on it. You know, yeah, the one that's oh, got man. the egg on it. Yeah, uh, stuff, I can't yeah. remember what it was called, but man, I, I could. I'm craving it now. Oh yeah. yeah. I, was I, it the fried rice thing? You yeah, got? you know was it from um, uh, El Pollon, the first so, place. So uh, I had it at Aries. Okay, Aries. but but Parker got it in Tom Shiaku our last night there, and I was like, I don't know what that is, but that looks awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, then I got uh, a really good dose of it back in Aquitos there. Uh, yeah, and it was great. Good stuff. And remember, Jeff, Jeff told you yeah, the food Jeff, was he terrible told, and bland. Yeah, he told me it was terrible and bland, and they're they're gonna feed you um, sardine spaghetti and all that. And <laughs> they I was have like, that; it's pretty awful. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, like, am I gonna have to like smuggle in a bag of potato chips or something? <laughs> I don't recommend the tuna. <laughs> no, no, but well, you, you was, hadn't had it though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've only had the cat food. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hungry, not hungry. I was not disappointed by any meal that I had down there. Like I would, I would Same. eat it right now. Same, I mean, that's, except the tuna. Yeah. Didn't have any of that. I was yeah. wanting some of it until I saw your face. I was like, ah, he can have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, that first night when we were in Aquitos, that play, the place we like to go to, El Pollon, I think everybody got the chicken and yep. uh, papas fritas. The, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. They do, they do so chicken, potatoes, and rice better than I can. I can't think of a better place where they do it's, chicken. So <laughs> talk, and rice. talking to people that are over 40. Uh, if you remember the Kenny Rogers Roasters uh, restaurant where they're, they've got open roasted, mm-hmm. you know, full chickens on a spit, that's everywhere yeah. down there. Yeah, they do it well. Yeah, yeah they do yeah. it really well. I remember that Seinfeld episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I describing it right where it's almost like a mixture of uh, Hispanic Mexican spices with Oriental, like fried rice and everything, too? Is right. That, so Chifa is... Peruvian Chinese food. Yeah. There's so many Chinese and a lot of Japanese. If you look at the last names of some of their uh, last presidents, um, so there's a lot of Asian influence. And what I go to a Peruvian restaurant in one of the in St. Martin in the Caribbean, and they're from Peru, and um, they brought all their stuff over here. And they're still cooking on a walk, yeah. like they do in in Peru. So they do have a lot of that influence and. 
Some of the one of the chicken dishes that Patrick got, you could taste the cumin in it. Yeah. Which so you get some of that, you know, that's using almost every making uh, Spanish rice, Mexican rice, whatever you want to call it. Cumin's a big part of it. Oh yeah. So yeah, it, it's Latin and, and Asian fusion. That's chifa. When you had the fried rice with the chicken in it, that's yeah. chalfa. And that's, I think everybody had a little bit of that at one oh, yeah, point or another. Yeah. And it's like a massive amount of food, oh, gosh, too. Yeah. Every plate is like enough for two meals or two people. Oh, yeah. And that, 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 uh, I think chalfa is what I got at Aries there. Mm-hmm. This got the Did egg you? on top of right. it. And it had chicken and pork and shrimp in it. And wow. all, I mean, it was awesome. Mixture. And I was starving. Mm hmm. And I ate till I was full, and then I ate some more, and then it still looked like a whole plate was there. You yeah, know? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Patrick had a lot left too, but like you said, you know, your, your stomach. It cost like four bucks. Yeah, yeah. crazy. You know, I was it amazed really at how cheap it was to travel down there. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. It was cool seeing the. Uh, I guess it wasn't a wet market, but on the way to the boat where they were cooking fish and cooking mm-hmm. everything on the side, and they had those grubs. Yeah, those we're just driving grubs. through it. Yeah, on a, on a stick. Man, right? those, I, I thought I didn't eat them cooked, but. Uh, the raw ones, I thought it tasted kind of like a plum. Yeah, I thought so. it was, had a little citrus flavor yeah, to it. Yeah, but it, it was just cool seeing them just cooking everything on the side yeah, right man. there. You know, I like that. Street food. Any, anything yeah. on a stick, meat on a stick or bugs on a stick. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what do you guys think of the ceviche? Yeah, that we had it a couple of times. Extremely good. So if you watch anything on ceviche, I've seen a whole Mexican um, documentary on ceviche. Mexico does ceviche very well. They will, in this one I was watching, they always – give peru its due because they they say that even in mexico they will say ceviche comes from you know the, the incas and in, in peru and their way of doing ceviche if you get mexican ceviche you won't have the sweet potato with the pepper with the corn the big they call it chaco the, the bigger pieces of corn right yeah it's such a it's almost like ramen where there's a setup for it that you don't get with with um any other kind of ceviche they usually use trout fish and or whatever's Handy, then you get the you can get the mixed seafood, but that's one I I miss. I always wish I can. I so can that was myself. the one thing I did not eat ceviche, um, simply because I'd gone the whole trip with no gastric issues. Right. You don't want to start now. And now we're getting to the point where you know we're flying in you know less than twenty four hours, and and I've had a. Uh, even within the states, I've had I had one very memorable flight from Vegas coming back from Shot Show after I'd gotten some bad clam chowder the last night we were there. And um, sounds memorable. <laughs> oh, it was memorable. It was memorable for everybody on the plane around the rear around the restroom. Uh, so that was one of those where uh, no bueno. I learned my lesson. I was like, I am not going to roll the dice on this, and I felt like ceviche was a higher stakes bet than I was willing to make. I'm normally not really a picky eater, but I have my certain things that I eat, and I don't venture out of that as much. And I went into this where if they hand it to me and they tell me it's safe to eat, like Patrick and Ruben that's been there before, I'm yeah. going to eat it just to experience it. And Day I'm, one, we're getting grubs, like yeah, live yeah. grubs. We're digging out of a tree, <laughs> popping the head off, and going to town. So It was important to mention a few times. Don't drink water they give you. Um, yeah. Avoid anything salad-like because they're going to just rinse it off with their water. Ice. Uh, um, avoid juices and uh, stick to bottled stuff, bottled water. Um, and I think this was the first trip I've been on where nobody had stomach issues. Yeah. Nobody. Sick. Nobody. Right. Nobody. And, and Austin being sick that 
first day, uh, it wasn't food related. It was heat related think. too. That was pretty sure. Related. Yeah. So um, that's the first time. Never seen anybody having diarrhea off the side of the boat on the way back from <laughs> Tom Shiaku. Yeah. Normally they're spraying and praying on the way back. Oh, boy. My, my favorite thing we ate the whole time there was in uh, Magdalena. They brought out that jungle ceviche. Oh, man. You remember so, that? Did you have that? You remember? Huh. It was like. No, um, no. <laughs> the big metal ball. Yeah, what was yeah. it? It was if it like was raw. I didn't Kakuna. touch it. Kakuna. Kakuna. It's like a tomato mixed with a citrus, and it was, man, it was good. Yeah. It was good. spicy, but it's hard to put your finger on. Yeah, it. And it that's good. the only time I've ever had it. Like yeah. that. Yeah, I have no idea what I was in that. Yeah, he'll tell you. Yeah. Um, he told it's us that time, but I think we were just too busy yeah, eating. Yeah. It's so good. I think yeah. everybody across the board liked those little mint. Cookies, casino cookies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are and I was raving about those, too, beforehand. And that's one of the first things I do when I'm there is I get myself Inca-Cola and some casino. And if you, like if you combined a Oreo with a Thin Mint, yeah, that's what it would be. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, man, those things. Uh, <laughs> at one them. point late in the game, Parker was over there being kind of sneaky and I heard something right. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, you want a cookie? I was like, man, you know I want a what? cookie. You got a cookie? <laughs> He's like, you need a band-aid? Um, again, the casinos and then the seven pounds of uh, gummy bears. Yeah, well, yeah. I didn't know about that. that was, well, I, I didn't tell the podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, homeboy Parker was was like. Good, good for him. Like <laughs> he, I was. He won, uh, you ain't cheating. He you won the trying. game. So uh, he, was, he had those in his pack and. I think I knew by Wednesday or Thursday, I was like, hey, you got those, uh, got those gummy bears handy? He was like, well, yes, I do. <laughs> and he handed me the, he handed me the little box they were yeah. in and they were, I was like, uh, somebody's been hitting these things. <laughs> but, uh, he, uh, he did what he had to do. Um, so moving into, uh, I think we can't really talk about food with it with, without talking about our, uh, a gourmet meal. Uh, in Magdalena. Oh, our, uh, our pet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God bless Red Eye Hall. Magdalena, yeah. 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 So a couple of things happened there. Um, the day before, our guides had found a red tail boa, about a six foot red tail boa. Uh, and then we bought two very expensive jungle chickens. Yes. <laughs> I think we bought them twice. Yeah, I'm not so I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, it's possible. I ordered but, them that day when we did the recon scout, too. And um, I think the next we ended up paying for four eventually somehow. <laughs> they were uh, very plump and they tasty were, chickens. They were, yeah. they, they, more than most chickens you get down there. You yeah. cleaned one, I cleaned one. Yeah. And even in the process, I thought, it's a healthy chicken. So. Oh, yeah. It tasted better than the boa. <laughs> it did. The boa, I didn't have any of the chicken that night. Yeah. The but, boa was Pretty good though. It was like a fishy pork. Is kind of yeah, what I got out chewy, of. Chewy though. Uh, so we put red eyed hog on it and some ahi sauce. I think. Yeah. Uh, and um, the ahi is like it's their ahi peppers. It's like a yellow pepper sauce that's got a little sweet heat to it. I loved. It. I yeah. wish this guy I, brought two jars back. Yeah, it's he awesome. did good. <laughs> so good. One. Um, the boa pork. Fish chicken combo yeah. with a shoe leather type texture. Spot on. Uh, I chewed and chewed and chewed and yeah. I got sustenance from it, but what was left was like, I ain't swallowing that. Yeah. <laughs> We've had better versions of that before. And this time they were smart about it, smarter than we were before, where they boiled it first and to soften it plus to kill any parasites. 
but it just stayed the because the chicken took a long time to cook the um the pork just kind of stayed on the grill i mean the pork i'm saying the, <laughs> sorry the, the snake just stayed on longer on the grill when it should that's why i had that smoky leathery kind of texture oh it was very much like this, chewing, on, chewing on a birkenstock and this one was really bony yeah, yeah. i noticed that. i cleaned it in the river and i was like jeez yeah i, I got one piece good sized chunk that didn't have any bones and i I wish I could have shared it with you all, yeah. but <laughs> I got a good chunk that wasn't super bony, very meaty. Yeah, but I I, I chewed on that thing till I got tired of chewing. I was like, <laughs> I just don't think I've gotten all I gotten all of this out of it. I'm going to get that and is how what's I felt left with the turtle soup. When I got a piece of the meat, I chewed, and I'm thinking, what are they thinking of me? I'm, I've been chewing for five minutes, and it's a soup. It's stew. What are they <laughs> chewing on for that long? It was. It's at Gerardo's. Is that where you had it? Gerardo's family. It was across the street from his. Okay. His, cool. his family's place. Yeah. Forgot about that. That's when I thought I was going to be sick for the first yeah. time, <laughs> and I was. I never been sick traveling or any of the food. And I thought this would be the time. It wasn't. So. Well, anything else you guys got on the travel side of things, or on on? Uh, uh, I want to move into gear. Let's talk a little bit about while we're do we'll wrap this section up. So. Um, we had a couple guys in our group that got uh, a bonus experience traveling, and Britt was one of those. So, Britt, tell us about your experience trying to get home. So, we I think a lot that played into it was uh, <laughs> exhaustion, but I remember looking at my flight on the way down, and I was like, okay, I'm with this group of guys. And then on the way back, I think I looked at my – flight in itinerary thinking it was the way back or so who knows i was like we're all leaving and so i had you know i usually pay pretty close attention to detail i like to plan stuff i like to control what i can and we're all at the counter ready to go and i said hey you know here's mine and it's not scanning and you know the language barrier i'm trying to figure out what's going on and so long story short my flight was an hour before and so I got held up. You guys had to fly out, obviously. So y'all left. Austin's flight had got delayed. Oh, um, his flight. He was on the plane on the tarmac. He was on the Yeah. Really? Yep. And then it got canceled. And that's yeah, why canceled. they had right. a near riot because all yep. those people were flying. Then they came in, flooded the uh, flooded the desk with the only one person there. Yep. And uh, things got sporty there for a bit. See, I didn't know that part. Yeah. So, yeah. so Austin and I were there, and he's trying to figure out a flight for the next day. Well, same thing. I was like, well, I got to get home. You know, it's I didn't get it rescheduled because it was on me. I just missed it. So I had to get a new one. But, uh, man, I, I wish he could have been here this weekend. That guy's a rock star. I, I said he's a couple years younger than me, and I said I want to be like him when I grow up. He, <laughs> he uh He's awesome, man. Yeah. So Austin has never been to the farm, had never done a class with us, and we're standing in line in the Lima Airport to go back through security to go to Iquitos. And I was like, there's a guy with Solomon boots, cool pants, and a hill people gear, and a beard. He's probably with us. Yeah. I think we had that uh we had that discussion and then such a such a just like stalwart Oh yeah, solid rock partner. Solid. Him and Matt, I said, were the were the buoys on either side of this Dude, trip. I'm telling so you, man, they were solid the whole way through. Such a good group of guys yeah. to travel with. Everybody has their wits about them. Everybody's paying attention. Everybody's focused on on being safe and looking after each other. I don't think there was a crossword. Well, 
maybe one or two little crosswords here and there uh, <laughs> about fire. Yeah. Uh, trying to trying to corral uh, our, our favorite buddy Mike Mahler, who uh, I'm he's on the opposite end of the country, or we'd have him on the podcast. Um, Mike is um, he would make uh, someone with ADD seem like they could yeah. sit down and do a crossword puzzle. He, he makes me look calm. Yeah. He, he uh, makes Joe Flowers look calm. Probably yeah. one of the funniest people I've ever met, if not the funniest. And when we get to the highs and lows, my high point was definitely from Mike. But uh, so that same night we get delayed. Ruben helped Austin and me out. He got us a room. So we leave. We got there at what, 1130 at night? I think so, yeah. So we got there at 1130. I'm, I'm bummed. I'm just mad at myself, you know. Yeah, yeah. Man, I should have done that. I shouldn't have made a mistake. And, <sighs> you know, Austin's talking me off the ledge. And we go get a beer. We get some more chicken and rice. Yeah, and we, had, like, we, we, we made a night a, out We got a free it. night out of this. So we got an extra night together. It was awesome, man. You, you and Austin really got my helped turn my attitude around. And uh, so we go back at like 430 in the morning. And Patrick said he'd never seen a rickshaw wreck. So this lady was on a moped and looks like it was a solo wreck. I think she'd probably been drinking, but moped was just torn to pieces. She's like in the median. This guy's like trying to pick her up, help her up. I was like, man, like, boy, (laughs) glad (laughs) to be there for it at this point. But yeah, um, ended up flying through Chile and then getting home a day later. Yeah, so you had to go to like Patagonia. You went way (laughs) south just to go north. And how long was your flight back? I, I honestly don't remember. I was so, uh, I was just out of it at that point. I'd had like two espressos and then I took like a Benadryl and was on the plane. And I remember Mike telling me on the flight down, he's like, man, I'd get in front of my seat and kneel down and just like put my head on the cushion part. And I was like, man, I bet everybody's looking at you weird. And That's Mike. So. so on the way back, I'm sitting there like crawled up in the fetal position in my chair and turning around. Just, it, it was a long flight. <laughs> yeah. On top of the epic trip, it's like, that's the last thing you needed. Yeah. Right. I, think, I, think, flexible, I think we were you know. back like two days before you yeah. got home. <laughs> I, I think so. But just, you know, this goes with anything and with anything and I guess survival or life, whatever, is just be flexible. The art Adapt. of travel is being flexible. That's yeah. Yeah. That's what you told me. Just and paying attention to your department. Paying attention to your itinerary. Yeah. <laughs> and Absolutely. you were and you were in good company because you were not the only one that missed your flight. Mike Mulder missed his flight too. Yeah. That's right. So uh so uh, we were shopping that day. Too much shopping, I think. <laughs> Gift shopping. He said that's not the first time he's done that. No, oh, no, it's bad. not. It's not. <laughs> um so let's transition really quick into um let's talk about highs and lows. And uh, Britt, I know you got some teed up there, so let's go ahead and start with you. Uh, okay. So Lowe's, my low was definitely uh, Cramp Camp, having a camp named after me with uh, a <laughs> full body uh, convulsions. But um, it, it was weird because that was my low, but it also is what I learned the most from. Uh, and it was, you know, first day in the trip, just thinking, all right, I got however many more days. It's like, a long week. <laughs> I got to tighten up. So uh, just, you know. Staying on top of it, but that, that was definitely my low. My high was you talk about expectations. Um, you know, you expect this whole Indiana Jones jungle trip, which it is, but the last night we're in that, I guess, air quote shop, and it's just a flat wooden platform. I'm under a mosquito net, and I'd wait, I'd woken up, it's probably like two in the morning, and I look over, and Mike Mulner sitting there, crisscross applesauce in his underwear, watching a Peruvian soap opera with the lady. She's sitting in the chair looking at him, and he's drinking this, like, Grapeco wine jug, and he's just sitting there just 
happy as can be. And I was like, man, the, you, you don't get this. You know, this is, yeah. that was my high. It was, it was absolutely hilarious. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so low for me was either the prickly heat or walking into the death sauna on the death march. Or oh, in the clear cuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. You walk out of the clear cut and it's 50 degrees hotter and mm-hmm. then had to go back through it again when we didn't, when we weren't supposed to. Um, but the really, those were minimum. The high for me, I would get it like every day and just like stop what you're doing and kind of step back and like, this is just really awesome. Just soak it yeah, in. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm out here with like guys that are pretty much that could have been my buddies for forever. Um, even the Peruvian, uh, our counterparts over there, you come into there and they just welcome you like, uh, like brothers mm-hmm. and just, I just enjoyed every bit of it. I mean, yeah, you did. Yeah. But for me, um, I almost think we sell this trip short by calling it a jungle trip because you're just immersed in culture the whole time from big city to smaller village to tiny village to nothing to just straight up jungle. So that was, um, even though I talk, um, maybe a little bit negatively, negatively about Iquitos, there is, it's like watching a train wreck. I mean, you just can't not watch, you know? So if you like to watch people and you, it is, it's such a departure for what we're used to. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about my lows being Wednesday and Thursday, just being like in the, it just calorie debt and just doing the mental gymnastics, but we've all, I mean, we've been there before. So even my low is not that low. I just knew I had to govern myself. I had to dial it way back. I don't, the worst part about that was not being able to help. Like I knew that if I got up and tried to help, then I was going to wind up becoming a casualty and I didn't want to do that. Uh, but the high was just being, obviously being able to share this trip with Parker, my son. Yeah. I, I would have loved if Jackson could have made it. He just couldn't get the time off work. But uh, being with such a, such, I just, we couldn't have done it with a better group. I just I don't think we could handpick a better group than what we went down there with and just to share those experiences and, Nobody really had a moment where they're, you know, just griping and complaining. Like everybody's head was right. Everybody's attitude was right. Everybody looked after each other. And when you're a part of a team like that, it's really something to me that's very memorable because it would be real easy for that to bring out uh, the complainer people. And nobody did. I was nervous about that. I was like, man, I hope we, I was like, we're going to have one or two guys that are just but we didn't. Everybody was solid. Right, yeah. um, you know, we all helped. Ruben's each other. been down there. <laughs> Ruben, I'm sure you've all, had some. all types of people, yeah. all types. But I have to say, yeah, this was one of the best or the best group. Um, and that for me was my high was camping with all you guys, the guys I haven't seen in in, in quite a few years, and all the time we had together in the past. We were you know, I was there a little earlier than you guys, and I left a little later. To spend a little more time with just being there in the country, I liked it. But I was on the motorcycle with, with Percy, and he picked me up from the airport. And before we even got back to the hotel, we had already gone over, hey, how's this person doing? How's this? But with just so much, so much time and memories and stuff between us and names, you know, he's asking about it. And meanwhile, he's holding my suitcase and driving a motorcycle. <laughs> I'm hanging on. We're getting better acquainted. So just the whole, that whole part of it, just being around these people that we've worked with and known and trusted with our lives and um and all of you guys that was the high i would say low i never had a physical low 
I felt the nights were the worst part for me. I have that trouble going to sleep, super hot. And you, when you have so much time on your hands to think, you do. <laughs> so for me, it, it was the nights. Normally, that would have annoyed me. And for whatever reason, dude, I was able to just like go brainless yeah. down there. And and just, it didn't bother me. And like mm-hmm. that day in Bugdalena, that was the one thing I could, I was annoyed at the world. And I knew at that point it was best for me just to, what variable can I control? Well, I can't change. There's no thermostat. I can't, I can't, these bo- bugs are driving me insane. So I can get out of the bugs. It's four o'clock. I'm just going to yeah. get in the hammock <laughs> and be done. And I was, um, so let's transition into uh, gear that worked, gear that didn't. Anything that you, anything that stuck out to you that hey, I really like this. This really worked for me. Anything that didn't. Anything you packed and shouldn't have, or wish you would have had. So I carried a poncho. That's a really good poncho. It's a military style poncho. Um, had good intentions on it. I may have used it as a pack cover once uh, at night. I could have left that. Um, the hammock that I used was a DD frontline. Didn't use it a whole lot before this trip. So it took me a couple of days to figure out how to hang it. Uh, it worked really well, but it was more bulky and heavy than I wanted to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, the Z light foam pad, great pads. Um, probably wouldn't bring that back. And I used a Umlindy backpack, which was absolutely bomb-proof. Like, I, I love that backpack. Me too. Me too. Um, that's really the bulk of my gear. That's a Hill People gear Umlindy. That Mac, yeah. uh, Matt and I both share love for that pack. That's okay. Anything that uh, disappointed you or let you down? Not really. Um, What'd you wear footwear-wise? Footwear, I did the Altama uh, Jungle Pros. Uh, got them on a closeout deal that um, was so good that they had to be fake, but they held. They had to be real because they, they held up like a champ. Uh, they did stretch out on me a little bit, and they were a little bit loose on me, but it wasn't bad. Didn't have any blisters or anything like that from them. Um, okay. Clothing-wise, what'd you wear? I had a pair of just cheap Academy uh, Magellan brand uh, zip-off pants they were awesome uh, you ever zip them off i did um it was the last night that we were there uh, didn't have a whole lot of bug pressure on us so i zipped those off was able to walk the uh, walk around in those in my crocs and that was pretty nice uh, the last camp at magdalena with a little bit of breeze coming off the uh, river right there yeah that was, that there was, was nice. almost like no bugs right there yeah aside from the domestic dispute that was going on up the hill behind us <laughs> yeah. uh, i wore a columbia uh i think i got it at like tj mack or somewhere um sun hoodie and that thing was jam up too um I, I enjoyed having that thin synthetic material that breathed really well um i liked it parker and i had similar hoodies yeah. and we actually gave them to percy i think but yeah. i didn't think i'd like the hood but i wound up using the hood a lot but oh, yeah. mostly for bugs yeah. as much as anything brit so i wrote down i had a good little list here um so i was the opposite with my poncho i brought a snug pack poncho and you know, I was sweating the entire trip. There was a time at night, maybe two, three in the morning where I'd stop sweating and I'd actually have like a little chill. So each night, uh, I did the swamp bed each night and I did, uh, just through that poncho. The only time I used it was like as a blanket, but yeah. it worked well. I wore the Altama jungle boots as well. 
Um, I wear a 10 and a half in boots, like regular boots, whatever. And I got a 10 and a half wide because I thought my foot would swell a little. It actually fits great. Um, started doing the just dress socks. Ruben gave me that tip, but then, yeah. I, yeah, I did the sock liners and then the wool socks. But I think if I could go back, uh, I'd do just the dress socks. Um, brought a Mystery Ranch Cooley 25 pack tri zip. It's awesome. Love it. Um, Crocs. I'm now, I'm now a Croc believer. Uh, I got some Crocs. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Um, some things that I always carry that I like that I use there actually were black plastic contractor trash bags. Vaseline and cotton ball. We talked about that being just the best fire starter, really. Um, and then the snug pack base camp pillow that wasn't on the list, but man, that thing being in the swamp <laughs> bed, that thing was a lifesaver and it was, it was solid too. What did you carry cutting tool wise? Uh, I carried a, uh, just a machete we got down there, a Galvina, I think. And then I also had, uh, just a Mora HD companion, which I don't think I used. And I had a Benchmade mini bug out in orange. I used that for cutting rope once or twice and then the cleaning the snake. But other than that, I just used that machete for everything. What did you use, Matt, cutting tool? I had a double A, double A forge um, little neck knife that I've had for years. And I, I can't find anything, any information about it on their website or anything anymore. But it was about a two-inch blade neck knife. And that thing worked out really well for me, too. Um, that was really it. I, I had a Swiss Army knife in my pocket. Didn't really use it that much. Um, that and machete. Yeah. I think uh, I carried it. Uh, and it was a Tramontina or some type yeah. of something you got down there. Yeah. I carried a Darien and a light machete because I wanted to test our products down there and, and uh, really, really like both of those. Uh, I yeah, carried, I thought both those did well. Yeah, I carried a Sencillo and A2, which rusted like crazy, and then Parker stole it from me. <laughs> so uh, I got it back. But um, I pocket carried it. I didn't even uh, – I did carry a Swiss Army knife that I only really used whenever we were in town. Um, but – uh other gear work didn't work, Britt? Yeah, two things that are in all my packs, all my glove boxes, everything now, uh, bullion cubes. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're in my first aid kit, everything for that salt, just especially here in the South, as hot as it gets, you know. Um, so bullion cubes, uh, Benadryl, and then something I recently ordered, I hadn't put it in my bag yet, but it's one of those packable fans that mm-hmm. kind of fold in on themselves. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're tiny and lightweight. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be a huge asset. That fan, man, those things were worth their weight in gold. Yeah, they were good. We bought those fans. or Only two of us bought those for like 20 Sole, and that was probably one of the things that, that handmade, hand-woven fans that we all wish we would have bought before oh, yeah. it was all said and done. Um, That's about all I got. Anything else you guys got or want to speak on or, or hit, hit on, uh, open it up for whatever. No, I don't think so. Would you recommend this trip to people? A hundred percent. Yeah. Now, if that I would say, if if someone wants a different type of experience, not a touristy experience, um, but an actual immersion into something like this, uh, I'd a hundred percent recommend it. It's got the the right amount of suck and uncomfortable to it that I love, um, but there's way more highs to it as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it exceeded my expectations. Like I said earlier, I. Wouldn't trade this experience for the world. You got it for the rest of your life. Uh, 
solid group of guys. Yeah. Just um, yeah, I think it was character building. You know, the whole experience was, and I I loved it. Uh, again, I think uh, when you pass through the hard stuff and you get to the backside, I look on that trip and I don't think about the the hard times or you know where, where I feel. I think about the laughter and we shared so much of the culture and so much of the, uh, I don't know. I I was just blown away by the kindness of the people. Oh yeah. Uh, these people have nothing and will give you everything. Absolutely. And, um, I just thought, uh, that part of the culture was so cool. It it was like three trips in one. I told, uh, Parker's what, 20 years old. Yeah. I was like, man, you're, you're doing it right. Um, any opportunity. Yeah. So for somebody his age, you know, I'm married, two kids, somebody my age, you know, anybody. It's it's really right. for anybody that wants a agree. real experience. You it's know? a good dipstick check. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, uh, man, I, I, I got so much from it, and, and I hope to go back. I'd love to go back with you guys for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I plan on being on, on the next one if I can make it happen. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Me too. Well, cool. Well, we appreciate it. And, uh, again, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, – if so, y'all take care. First, let me thank you. Second, nice. let me ask let me ask you a favor. We could use the help and a little bit of push from our loyal listeners. If you could leave us a review and a rating on your podcast directory of choice, and then when we put out new episodes that you like, that you think other people might be interested in, please give those episodes a share because we are shadow banned and choked down on social media and having a hard time getting the word out. So a little bit of push from our loyal listeners would be greatly appreciated. All right. Cool. We did record that, right? It is recorded. <laughs> yes. Good job, guys. Like a pattern that led to my dehydration, you know. Well, that's cool. going to be important for us to kind of tease out a little bit here. Journey to dehydration. Can I turn down my headphones just a little I bit? I can. I can. Okay. Is yeah, that better? Yeah, that's oh yeah, that's much better. Can you turn mine down too? Yep. I just feel like I'm always yelling. Yeah. yeah. Better? <laughs> Why is he yelling? Yeah, that's good. Matt, how does this sound? Yeah, turn mine down a little bit. Yeah. We I mean better. Fine there. <clears throat> Let me see. Uh a little bit more, please. A little down a little more? Yeah. Better? better. Yeah. I I don't like hearing myself talk. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. <laughs> I generally don't either. This it's just a right. good reminder to be able to if you find yourself getting away from the like, oh, I can't yeah, I guess, so yeah. I get back in. But I'll do that for you. Yeah. So uh, not a big deal. Are you talking this, about or mentioning the snake or not? not I, I don't care. Okay. I mean that that's I think we mentioned it the first time around, honestly. Yeah. Like Brent going a uh, full barbarian on the snake would be Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last <laughs> night just I mean, we killed it, we ate it. Yeah. So uh I don't have a problem with that. Let's go around the table here. Um Ruben, spell and say and spell your name, and then where uh, links I can find you, Instagram, whatever, whatever you like, because we're recording right now. So okay, so yeah, that'd be Ruben Bolier, and um, yeah, at Ruben Bolier on Instagram, at Adventure Food Guy on Instagram. Okay, yeah, that's about it. All right, and I'm Matt Grace. Um, that's M A T T G R A C E. Um, Matt Grace eighty eight on Instagram, and that's about all I got. Okay. Hey, I'm a uh, Britt Turner. Uh, not on social media other than LinkedIn, I guess if you call that. Okay. But uh, yeah. But yeah, just Britt uh, Turner. At, just Britt Turner. Britt Turner at Britt Turner, and you can't find me. That's right. <laughs> all right. So we will uh, we'll roll this in, and then we'll get going.